0: Who is Coach Mike? Coach Mike, very nice guy. He's a good softball coach. He's sincere. He's the dumbest smart guy I've ever known. Upbeat, optimistic, good-natured, always looking on the bright side of things.
1: Wow, thank God he didn't say that I had a face for radio. But then what do you expect for $5 these days? Just can't hire good help. Hey, in all seriousness aside, stay tuned for the Weed Whacker Podcast. Where I will be discussing almost any subject and bringing in guests to hash out and get rid of all the weeds. We're going to clear the path for your success in whatever it might be you need, your life, your business, your politics, your religion. We're going to bring it all right here to the Weed Whacker. (laughs) And here I am back once again with that Weed Whacker running, that Weed Whacker podcast, where we're clearing the path to your success. We're getting those weeds out. We're going to dig deep. And today I'm going to go into a little different topic. No politics. No, well, we might have a little religion. We'll have to see. Who knows? Politics is everywhere, so who knows? But the main thing we're doing is help you to succeed by getting your brand right. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, you know what? I got a guy. I've known this guy for several years now. And he is without a doubt an expert in branding. He's got an awesome promotional stuff. I'm gonna read just one paragraph here. Rich Kozak is an outstanding media guest. We're gonna find out today, right? The most present, heart connecting, clear speaking, deep listening, experienced, worldly, and caring branding expert you will ever meet and it's not about branding they say it's not about rich what makes you a branding expert
0: tell us your story (laughs) well hello mike and hello listener (laughs) so uh boy that uh i'm not sure if if you know introducing somebody as a a branding expert is uh, gets applause or oh dear and not another one has <laughs> the world uh just inundates anyone who is in business with the word branding uh one of two reasons one is to sell the marketing stuff this will be good for your branding maybe not even know what branding is like somebody's selling you seo and they might not be able to to define the the steps that make a brand come alive, but they can sure as heck sell you whatever they've got to tell you it's good for their branding, or they're trying to sell you on branding and so they're using cryptic language to make you feel that they know something you don't know. Let me try some of this. I don't use it, but here's what you hear. Well, you see, if your avatar reflects your essence, then your micro niche, it's like, you know the drill, you've heard all this before. It's like cryptic language. It says, like, you don't know this and you need a guru. So stop. You don't need to learn some cryptic language. Don't need to think that, you know, you're not worthy to manage your champion your own brand. But you need to know clearly what a brand is and what makes a brand come alive, and why it is so important that you are aware of it and know the steps. Because branding is just steps. It is just a process. And I have been teaching it for decades. I have been defining and languaging brands for 46 years, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Um, I spent most of my professional career running, uh, an integrated marketing communications firm with partners in 21 countries. I'm a certified global branding consultant. And when I turned 50, I was doing all-nighters and I was addicted to the job and I decided to change my prayer. I figured I was going to toast out with a heart attack, but I loved it. I loved what I was doing. And I'm, I, I, everyone told me I was really, really good at it. But, you know, if you're dead, it's not going to help you very much. And I have a beautiful wife and two two wonderful children. And at the time, I was like, you know, so I changed my prayer to, Lord, I'm going to resign this addictive career to reshape my life. Show me what you want me to do. I'm ready. Now, up to that point, I had been trained, certified global branding consultant. We taught large companies the process, gentlemen. You build, you know, pipelines through the jungle, or you build platforms in the North Sea, or you make semiconductor. Fa- it's a process. You guys understand a process. You guys understand, you know, steps. Well, that branding is steps. And they would go, What? Okay. So we taught big, big companies the steps of assessing, looking at their brand, how it was perceived, how they perceived it, how the world perceived it. The differences, the gaps between those. So, <laughs> look, I, I don't. I'm not here to try to blow people away. I work with individuals today, but I was working with companies that are as big as fourteen billion dollars, and they were public. And that's a little bit more complicated, a little bit more complex. But the process of what makes a brand come alive, the things, and there are four that make a brand your brand you're listening to this and you're a one person business that make your brand. And we'll define that in a second. Come alive, there are four things. And if you have them, you're not gonna fall flat. And if you don't, you're going to fall flat. Your brand's gonna fall flat on people's ears, on people's hearts. So let's make sure you have them. So how did I get to be a brand? Well, you know, I don't really wanna go into all that, but let's get you some value. I'm going to define a brand so that your head is screwed on the right way and you don't have to be swimming in what the world makes you swim in as it talks about branding. A brand is a perception. That's it. It's not your perception. <laughs> okay, do you think you, what, you know what your brand is? What you think is not relevant It's what everyone else thinks. That's the perception that is your brand.
1: One thing I like, Rich, one thing I like there, and you did this with me, so let's give the audience a brass hat one right, we can get right to right now. uh, Because I like the way you do this. You take what I think first. You say, it's not about what I think. It's about what somebody perceives what I think, I guess, is the way I take it. Exactly. And so – When I started, you know, I already was doing Coach Mike now, and you gave me some stuff. Yeah, that worked sort of, you know, and and you gave me some stuff to move forward with it. But then I said, you know, I need something. I don't want it to be all about me because there's so many people out there, podcasts and speakers and everything else, where it's all about me. And I didn't want just that. So what I was coming up with, well... What's a good tool? I started thinking about we got to clear all the nonsense. And I was thinking politics to begin with, because we got all these people yelling at each other and nobody ever gets down to the nitty gritty. They don't clear out the weeds. So I came up with this weed whacker and I asked you, Rich, what do you think about the weed whacker? And what did you give me to go with that?
0: Um, you'll need to remind me.
1: Because... Ah, sorry, you have to take my memory class. You're the one that gave me the
0: tagline about clearing yeah. the path to my success. Oh, well, and, and, and here's why, you know, a, a success pieces of an excellent logo and a logo includes a brand name is one of the. One of the five is says what it does. And if you have a name like the Weed Whacker podcast, but it doesn't say what it does, then it's not excellent. You add a tagline that talks about clearing your path to success. And now it says what it does. It makes it a much better, you know, that's from logo school, but brand name because it now says what it does. The others, by the way, if you, you know, write these down, mark of a good logo, including brand name is says what it does, easy to say, easy to spell, easy to remember, and has legs. Has les means there's lots of directions it can go in the future. So if your brand is Bobby's five-minute pizza delivery, that's pretty clear what people are going to get, but it has no legs. You can't, you know, do somebody's wedding or the white house or, but if you tagline it and said you were the first step in a life changing culinary experience by glory, Bobby's five minute pizza delivery, he's got legs now, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a big <laughs> difference. So says what it doesn't has. Let's so let's get back to brand and branding. Okay. A brand is a perception, but it's not your perception. So what is branding? It's all those things that you personally get to do to shape a consistent perception that moves you and your brand forward in the direction, you know, you want to move. It is strategic. It's forethought. It's who am I? What do I stand for? Where does this go? And there are a lot of things that you can do to shape a perception. And that's when marketing comes. Marketing is the executional elements of an excellent branding strategy. When marketing is at its best, all those things you do let's get some leads, you know, oh, I have an idea, you know, we have a campaign. All those, let's do Facebook, let's do, you know, media, social media. Let's do some, you know, blog, any of the, there's so many different types of marketing, marketing, communication, executional items, you know, the backdrop you put behind you when you're on Zoom, all those things are marketing, executional, your bios, every, you know, things that are said about you, videos you do, it's all executional and nobody has the time and money to do all those things. So you have to pick what things... You prioritize. You must have that will do you the most good to reach those people whose lives you really want to serve. Where do they live? What do they listen to? That's what marketing is. It's 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 you know creating the product and the pricing and the, and creating the pathway or that using the media channels that we, you know those are all executional, and you don't even think about those until the brand is ready to open its mouth.
1: Okay, Rich, let me ask you a few things here. And, and one point I like to make that based on what you're saying here, I could spend thousands of dollars on marketing, on getting email leads or buying TV commercial, whatever. But if my brand stinks, if I got something that doesn't resonate with people in some way, I'm throwing my money down the drain,
0: aren't I? Yes, you are. And you and millions of people do that. A, month, a lot of marketing money is misspent because people, I mean, you, and you hear it, people will verbalize it. The one that I use as an, it, it sounds like an exaggeration, but I've heard it so many times. I'm embarrassed to say that people even think <laughs> this way, but I'll say, no, 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 no. We just need some leads. We'll worry about the branding later. It's like, what? <laughs> so, oh, wow. Let, let me be helpful instead of emotional uh, or whatever reflective. Let me be helpful here. If, well, not if, when you, and I'm speaking to you if you're listening, when you clearly define and language your brand and give it those four things that make a brand come alive. And if you want to write them down, great. Uh, they might be meaning to, they might not. But, you know, if you want to talk, to me, great. one is congruence with your heart. You got to be congruent with who you really are. Otherwise, you're going, to be in, you're going to be in conflict all the time. Two is consistency. Consistency, the way it shows up, what it looks, you know, consistency across the board. It's like a person. If a person is inconsistent, you never know what to expect and you don't know to trust them. Same with a brand. If a brand, the way it speaks, the way it shows up, the way it looks is inconsistent, you don't trust them. That's the the take, so consistency. Third is consistent language, particularly some unique language that transfers energy. We're talking about the four things that make a brand come alive. Congruence with the heart of the champion, consistency across the board, some unique language, consistent language that transfers energy used over and over and over and recognizability. Those are the four things that make a brand come alive. When you have those great. So when you define and language your brand, so it has the four things that make a brand come alive, you're in really good shape. When you don't, you will witness and experience the six bad Consequences, and this is what Mike was talking about. If it's inconsistent, if you say what you do uh, several different ways, even without thinking, you're going to create confusion. That's number one, confusion or misinformation. Look, I've been married 46 years to my and, and 51 Valentine's days, and even in my house, as well as Denise and I know each other, we get that. Well, wait a minute. I thought you said that brands are like that too. Oh. Well, you do this. I thought you do this. So you don't do that. But what do you do? It's misinformation. It's a misinterpretation. So confusion, misinformation, the number three of the six bad consequences is you do not get you. And I'm talking to you. You're listening to this. You are not getting credit for what makes you outstanding. And, you know, I'm not telling you this. I'm reflecting what people say. These are the things that people come and they say, oh, we need better ways to say what we do. Why do they say that? Because people get confused and there's misinformation. We need better ways to say what we do. Oh, we're not getting credit for what makes us outstanding. Yeah. We don't know how to position ourselves to get paid what we're worth. This is what people say, because that's what happens all the time. If you don't get credit for what makes you outstanding, then how do you stand above others that? people think do what you do so that they go no I think I want Mike as a coach I think I want rich I think rich is the heart connecting brand person that can really understand me why would they say that well they need to understand that somehow and my brand has to help them understand what makes it so outstanding that we talk straight talk you know straight talk that you know, that you can trust and deep experience that you can count on. And no funny talk, no brand jargon. It's like, that's pretty unique in the world of branding. I even one of my signature speeches is when does branding become God's work? What we do here is so unique and so different. Because it's about helping people reach into their own heart and write down those clear impacts they see making on people they really want to impact with their work, with their gift, their business, with their calling, and define and language the brand they must become to make those impacts on those people. That is a different... Wait a minute. Is that really branding? You bet. Let me go back to number one here, because that number
1: one hits home on me, and I'll tell you why. And I think I've shared this story with you before, but... You know, RV helped me a lot. I went and was going to her for, I've been public speaking for a long time. I know how to speak. Mm. But my problem was sometimes I had a harder time identifying myself or exactly how I came. So she helped me with some stuff. But then I also, this is where I met you at the One Networking Group. And what motivated me and what really, you showed up at the right time in the right place. Mm-hmm. OK, because my good friend, Michael Aguilar, who used to run the Whittier Breakfast Club out there, he came to me one day and I help other people with their 30 second commercial. I'd help him. Harvey helps people. She helped me make mine. I was great helping you make yours, but I wasn't making mine right. And here's why, because I do multiple stuff. I coach. I do some, you know, out there. I was doing business cards and some design work and everything. And one day, Michael came up to me after the meeting. And he said, "Coach Mike," he says, "I know what you do and everything, and I hear your your thirty second commercials and all that. What do you? I don't really know what you do." <laughs> <laughs> and I really had to digest that for a minute. Well, you know me, you know what I do, but you don't know what I do. I think that's hitting right to what you're saying. Number one, because all the rest falls into place. If you don't have that number one part down, if you can't identify it to some degree, all the rest of it is, is meaningless.
0: Well, it, it, the, if the foundation is confusion, that's not a good foundation. Or the foundation is misinformation or misunderstanding, it's not a good foundation. It basically cracks the foundation. And then, you know, how can you build a brand on top of that? So the, the word positioning and... You know, get me started. I've been doing this for 46 years, so I can talk for weeks about any aspect of branding or marketing, but let's take the word positioning. It is so important. Positioning is a competitive comparative. In other words, you don't position against nothing. Your positioning is against everything else that's out there that people think is kind of like what you do. So the positioning means how do you say what you do, who you are, how you think, why you do what you do in a way. How do you craft that language of who you are, what you do in a way that helps you, and I would say rise above or just make you unique and give you and your and what you stand for an energy that is purely you so that people can easily say, wow, I like that. I'm going to learn more about him instead of, oh, another life coach or, oh, great, another business coach. No, because now it's the perception of parody. But if you say, this is why I do it in a way that makes people say, oh, how do you craft the positioning challenge? Is The question is, how do we craft the language to say, who we are and what we do in a way that makes us the language we use is get credit for what makes you outstanding because that sets you apart.
1: Let's let's give the audience a couple of examples, just ideas things we recognize and know about. For and I know you're not that old, but let's say we go back to the was it the early 60s or late 50s, would you have told me if I was going to start a hamburger rest, restaurant to call it McDonald's?
0: uh well um i I don't know i you know you've heard you've heard the watchword about brand names and so a name without a says what it does is uh is folly, uh, you're doing yourself an injustice. So were we to name, let's say my name was McDonald and uh, I was gonna, you know, I don't know why they chose it. I'm say they chose the name because it's Scottish and people save money. So Scotch have a reputation for being tight. You know, it's an old school Scottish thing, right? And when, when, the, when the Italians make fun of the Scots, they make fun because they're cheap. And, you know, then the Italians make fun of the French because they can't cook. You know, it's like, you know, it's like those yeah. trite things. But if you say what it does, if you say a great meal on, you know, on the budget you can afford, it's like, or, you know, feed your whole family for the price of, uh, you know, a, a movie, you know, it's like, it's like, give it a what does it do? Give it a tagline, give it a what does it do so that people understand the value um, by the time it had sold a billion one billion soul became the tagline. And that what, that mean, what that means is uh, a billion other people will use it. So you probably ought to pay attention. And it has no value other than the perception of acceptance. But well, how many times a, do
1: they have to change that? How many times do they have to change?
0: Uh, it doesn't matter. Once, <laughs> once, they, once they hit the B, it was okay, you know? You just, <laughs> It just you know because they, they they put such distance between themselves and any other competitor and you know so fair question so let's let's make it relevant to an individual listener and their particular brand okay let's say you are, i'll give you a couple of examples of um, the way we craft a category of expertise you know what are you expert in that sets you apart. So a woman who was trained by Deepak Chopra in yogi, yoga, one-on-one yoga, not cattle call yoga, you know, one person to 50 people, <laughs> one, one-on-one yoga, and, and and Ayurvedic food, Okay, creating a specialized yoga par- uh, place, spa, uh, uh, you know, retail. We well, walk in and you've got to pay $15,000 for a yearly, you know, Uh, membership we crafted a category of expertise and this is the way we test it the woman speaking at the outstanding life conference outstanding life energy conference next year is an expert at blank body intelligent yoga oh my god Uh, I want body intelligent yoga. I've been doing yoga for 10 years, but I've never heard of body intelligent yoga. I want I want that. What's in there? It's an example of an intangible, of a, of a category of expertise, three words, body intelligent yoga. We know those three words. They just never heard them together before. And we use them to create a category that helps her stand apart. And there's an intangible brand promise baked into it, body intelligent. It's like, That sounds great. Okay, so let's take a trite example. A woman who runs a bookkeeping business, and she's been doing it for years, like maybe even decades. She has 10 or 20 people that work for her. I mean, she's successful. But how many bookkeepers are there out there? I mean, because everybody has to do taxes, there's bookkeepers on every corner. But listen to this category of expertise. The woman speaking at the rapidly growing digital business conference Next month is an expert at simplifying the critical tech and accounting decisions for your business to reach millions. Oh, man. I need to hear that. So simplifying, people love that, the tech and accounting decisions, wait a minute, what? Tech and accounting, like, you don't hear those together too much. For your business to reach millions? Critical, tech and accounting. Critical. Okay, it's like, wait a minute. So there's this message, but it's a it's a category of expertise. <laughs> That will help her business stand apart. You would hire her because she's not just a bookkeeper. She can talk to you about the tech stack that you have and how the pieces connect to your hub, how the pieces connect to your general, all those things that have to connect to that are going to get in the way when you're trying to grow fast and they're going to become a problem. If you, deal, if you don't deal with them upfront and you don't make the right decisions because they're critical, you will put roadblocks in your way and you're not going to be able to grow fast and you will stumble. It's like, you don't want that. And you won't know why. But, and, 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 right. And so why don't you like, okay, that's a good example of language that transfers energy. And we say it the same way over and over again. We simply, well, what do you do here? Well, one of the, the most important things is we simplify the critical tech and accounting decisions necessary for your business to reach millions. It's like, what if I said that 17 different ways? I'd create confusion and then I wouldn't get any credit, would I? So there is an example, even though it's what we call mundane, but if you're listening, whatever you do, you could be a coach, you could be an expert, you could run a software uh, company that uh, integrates software so that distributors can become uh, an intelligent enterprise. You could have a manufacturing company that manufactures uh, 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 uniforms that have light wires on them that will change the nature of safety in the world. You could be the Global Director of Diversity and Inclusion at a major law firm. These are all people that happen to find me by referral and go like, oh my God, I think we're supposed to work together." And we create language that is pure and unique to their, them and what they do and their expertise and make the brand, the product, the service, the the changes, the, the impacts that they're going to make come alive instead of fall flat.
1: Rich, you know, I, ju- I just have to look up one of McDonald's original slogans was oh. real good and still only takes 15 cents. Let's eat out.
0: <laughs> there you go. And, you know, and that's pretty darn, at the time. Pretty darn smart. And I'm not, I, 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 I would kind of bet money because I don't remember anybody named McDonald that was involved with it. So, I, I my guess is it it had to do with that, you know, tight purse, you know, perception. And, <laughs> you know, but you let's know.
1: talk real quick, Rich, about negative branding. I'm going to tell you, I'm mm. going to give you a couple of things that drive me crazy. And since <laughs> we're not doing video, I can't show them, but. To me, it's not just, I think it's maybe it's more correctly negative marketing, but to me, it would reflect negatively on your brand. And I'm really surprised at one here. Go for it. Because one of the things, you know, being an old guy, I get tons and tons of Social Security or Medicare supplement plan, Advantage plan marketing and stuff. Sure. Or North Carolina's got some sort of state funeral plan you can get and what really drives me up a wall though i don't mind anybody advertising we all got to make a living they send me an elephant uh, an elephant yeah i wish they'd send me an elephant an envelope that says process process uh, oh here's one here, this pink uh, postcard national reply center national reply center this is for a Medicare Part B premium. I have no idea who these people are. National Reply Center means nothing. To me. I got one with a blank envelope the other day, Rich, from the American Cancer Society. And I didn't know it was American Cancer Society until I opened to see what was in it. To, to me, I call that sort of negative branding, negative marketing. It just it makes me less trustful. Uh, and I know American Cancer Society is a great charity, But why, of all places, would you need to send out a blind envelope like that? Uh,
0: (laughs) There are people who specialize in direct. I'm not sure I have the perfect answer for that, but... Let's realize their direct marketing, including direct mail, which has been around for a long, long time. People who really, really know that business, you know, somebody that whose name you might recognize be like Dan Kennedy. You could ask Dan Kennedy that question, you know, hey, what increases opening rate? And if they said the statistics show that blank on and I don't know this but let's say the statistics show that blank envelopes increase the opening rate by 30%. Then you send a blank envelope because they're going to open it B- because if they see who it is, they won't open it. But if they don't see who it is, they'll open it. And chances are, if there's something in there, they can then respond to it versus if they never open it, it goes in the trash and people will take their mail and the trash can and go zip, like dealing cards. And if they can't see what it is, maybe they open it to see what it is before they throw it in the mail but then maybe something catches their eye in there who knows mike i don't know wow. that but my guess is that's that's why but people who are direct mail specialists would tell you why it's kind of like, I mean, I've, one of the things that gets me is misspellings. My mother oh, was yes. an English teacher. We don't do that. Yes. I ran a high tech adage that you misspell something on an ad that you paid $40,000 for a piece of film or for a space in a magazine and a couple thousand dollars for a piece of film and four color separations. And you make a typo, you're going to eat that. You might lose the client. Typos, not good. Misspellings, not good. That's where I come from. And when I learned that in the digital space, when people send emails out and they misspell stuff on purpose. They don't care. I, 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 no, it's not because they don't care. I was told the first time, I, I I, didn't want to accept it, but I had to. It's like, it makes you more human. You know, it's like, oh, it, it, it improves <laughs> people's, you know, I'm like, I'm not buying that. But people who are specialists in executional elements who really, who do research and track stuff, they know details about what improves response, improves acceptability, you know, and for me, uh, typos will never improve anything. But I'm, I'm not the normal person, believe me. My mom was an English teacher, I'll correct your grammar. But most people don't know spelling, they don't, you know, and maybe they feel more comfortable. Look, the people who really track stuff, are the ones that, you know, if they're really doing it for a very specific reasons, because they've determined that it will improve response or some kind of metric that they're looking for. But that sounds stupid. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not here to to claim I'm a specialist at that. But you have to understand that, you know, let's take um, things that we all might do. If you're listening right there, and you're going to send out a uh, an email. You might write it two different ways and send it to half your list one way and the other half your list the other and see whether there's a significantly different response on the one headline versus a second headline. In marketing execution, we call that an A-B test. You know, did A work better or did B work better? Well, individuals in, in the digital space, we can all do that. And that's an easy a headline. Let's try this and a headline. That try headline. Which one works better? And if there's a twenty percent difference, then you're going to use the better one.
1: Rich, would you try that with a brand? Would you try that kind? In other words, if I let's say a weed whacker, I was debating
0: between it has to Mike. It has to be congruent. It's gotta be congruent always. If it's congruent and there's two different headlines, sure. If it's not congruent, I wouldn't say like, you know, if my brand has nothing to do with giraffes, I wouldn't send out a, a headline that had to do with giraffes because that would just create confusion. Just- no,
1: I'm not talking about a headline, not talking about a headline, but let's say I'm thinking about a brand. And you give me some ideas for a brand, Mike's ice cream or Mike's snow cones or whatever it is. The name, the name of the business, sense. yeah. Do, okay. Do I try two different brand names or whatever and see which one Catches on?
0: No, don't do that. No. Okay. No, no. You do development based on a creative brief and target audiences and defining language you brand up front. And here, what we do is we, you heard me allude to it earlier, we begin with the impacts that, and I work with individuals only now, they might own companies, but they're an individual. It's the impacts they clearly see making and they want to make. We begin with those impacts and every characteristic descriptor of the brand, every crafted category of expertise is created in order because it's required to make those impacts on those specific types of people. It's, all impact driven and so when i say congruent that's what i mean in the context that it's it's aligned the language is aligned with what impacts we're going to make so when somebody goes through brand accelerator group to develop and define their brand i have people in brand accelerator group it's a it's a it's an eight week seven days couple of months breaks for work and 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 they go from sometimes lack of clarity to complete clarity and complete languaging and titles and subtitles of content that'll take them out two years or three years to launch their brand in a period of eight weeks and i have people involved in brand accelerated group right now who came to me and said this is the name of my brand and i'm like okay (laughs) <laughs> but it won't it won't be when we're done because I know that it's either confusing or not serving them or it doesn't create a positioning or it's it's some crazy thought that they had that they thought was cute and cute is not powerful it's just cute and it's only cute once then it's not cute anymore so it's like logos oh I have a logo and I have a website mm-hmm <laughs> we often create a marketing executional job number called, you know, whatever their initials are and five website evolution, which means they came in with a website, but now we're going to evolve the website to make sure that their desired brand, the brand we've defined in language that they must become and its language, its powerful, consistent language that transfers energy, its categories of expertise that we've crafted now live on that website that they brought in that was, it wasn't serving them. And now their desired brand's going to live there. So what are we going to do? We're going to make sure that the homepage above the fold has their number one hierarchy message that overcomes the number one barrier, because if they don't overcome the number one barrier, people don't let the brand in. So what are we doing? So you're talking to someone that my gift is to heart connect with individuals and see what they can become and play that out and help in language but i ran a high tech agency and you you got to execute and launch a brand and so you got to build websites and you have to you know put out things on media that reach your target audience that that all those executional things must be done <laughs> But there's really good ways to do them. And then there's ways to just throw stuff on the wall, and you don't want to do that. You know, overcoming the bar- number one barrier is a mandatory because if you don't overcome, that's why we call it the number one barrier. If you don't overcome the number one barrier, they won't even let the brand in. So you got to do that first. You know, do people understand? Let me take one. Uh, we had a lady who was a breath therapist, and people don't connect how well you feel with how you breathe. They just don't connect it. And so the number one message hierarchy message above the fold on her homepage is how well you feel. And then we we do it one line at a time because we don't just throw it out. One, how well you feel is deeply connected to how you breathe. People go, huh. And when you breathe, you know, when you breathe, it's like life is easy. It's like oh, I never thought of it that way before. Bam, overcome the barrier. Now the door is open and they can start coming in. But if we didn't overcome the barrier, they would be they would be like, oh, this is irrelevant to me.
1: Rich, I could think of the many networking groups I've been in and people threw out a name or a brand or whatever, what they say is a brand. Mm. And the taglines are so important because you know what? Right there is a prime example. When you first said breath therapist, you know what my first thought was? Mm. Somebody that had to deal with people that had bad breath. Oh, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind is oh it he a problem there. I mean yeah. you know, so without without that statement in there <laughs> That could mean two or three different things to different people. Well,
0: a good point. And is and clarity is clarity and language are so powerful. Words transfer thoughts and energy. So the really good news about that person, she was I would call her parochial, local, not even regional, out in a community far east of Los Angeles, she now has a worldwide brand. She literally helps people heal over Zoom. And her testimonials are from all over the world. There's even a page on her site now called Women Worldwide, and it's not just women. And the testimonials of how her work changes people's lives is remarkable. The language enabled her to literally and she's a christian she, she when she first experienced the work on her on her she didn't know what it was she was a food scientist and somebody told her you, you're just going through the motions in life you should like go to this breath therapy thing and she was like nah but she went she goes i had angels tell me i was perfect just the way i am and i didn't have to be perfect that i and i and i met jesus and i'm like what it's like, you tell somebody, somebody tells me that, you know, they had a life-changing experience and God talked to them or something. I I, I start listening and like, okay, I'm supposed to be paying attention because this is like, yeah, this is not an everyday experience. And she said, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And she got certified. She became, and, and she touches people's lives with the relief and the transformation that lasts forever that she experienced. What a blessing. And she didn't know that was her calling until she knew. We never know until we know. Amen.
1: Rich, one of the things, and I want to go back to consistency. One of the first places that I learned, or I shouldn't say I learned, but I experienced how detailed corporate branding gets. And I'm sure you have some of your smaller individual customers now, same thing. But back in the 90s, I ran a networking group for the Mail and Parcel Center out in Southern California. And Federal Express was one of my, they sponsored my meetings and my group. And so because they were ever, they were giving me permission to use their logo and everything and my promotions for the meetings, They didn't give me a page or two. They gave me a booklet, I forget how many pages it was, of how to use the FedEx logo. Mm -hmm. And if I used it black and white, it had to look like this. If I used it purple and and red or whatever, I had to be, I mean, it had specific detailed instructions for every possible use of that logo. Uh, That sort of blew me away.
0: Um, I'll give a name to that so you can too. It's called a style guide and those are mandatory whether big company or small company. We do them too with our clients. When, when other people, and let's be specific, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, if I can just get a VA, a, a virtual assistant, and I've heard there's some inexpensive ones in the Philippines or in Vietnam or, you know, Wisconsin, whatever. Right. It's like, so, uh, If someone else is going to be executing your marketing for you or with you, you must give them a style guide that says, this is the way we use these assets. And this is the way we don't, you got to give them the do's and don'ts. Otherwise anything can happen. And the common ones are they'll, they'll put a logo or some market on top of a photo. It's like, that's a mess. Okay. You, you have to literally show them a picture that says with an X through it. Anyway, you know, in black and white. We ha- rarely allow black and white because we create a logo for recognizability. And if you don't have the color and the palette, that, that's the recognizability we want. So we're not going to put it in black and white somewhere. We're just not. We're going to say, don't do that. Don't do that unless we absolutely have to, maybe then we'll do it in grayscale, but because they have to put an ad in a chamber of commerce thing and it's only black and white or an event thing and it's only black and white. But if color is an option, our mandatory is do not do it in black and white, only <laughs> only buy it in color because you're not gonna get the credit and the recognizability for the logo that we developed on purpose to create a motion and create a response because you're not going to have it all there because you did it in black and white. Yeah. So style guides are mandatory for consistency and recognizability Two of the four consistency and recognizability. You bet.
1: Very good. Uh, Rich, if you can go back over your experience, whether small or big business, can you give us an example of somebody that went forth with a brand that was terrible, totally flopped. Maybe they even went again. Maybe they asked you for your advice and they ignored your advice or uh, anything you could think of there, somebody could, something that really turned into a disaster. You might think it's a great idea. Like you said, it sounds cute at first, but it doesn't last or it, and they spend a lot of money and then boom, and then they wonder what happened. <laughs>
0: it wouldn't be in my best interest to name names. Um, uh, and I, I'm not going to give sure. an example of somebody whom I gave advice to and they didn't take it. Um, but I will, I will <clears throat> say that there are for, for the listener, the value is this. So here's the rich strategy nugget. If you sense that you're working with someone who's creative and maybe they build websites or they design logos or they do, you know, they do collateral material. They're, they're part designer, part marketer, and they think they're, you know, and they come across as they're creative and you get a sense that if they didn't come up with the idea that it's not a good idea. And you know who I'm talking about? It's like, you say, well, we were thinking that, no, nah, no. Nah. And they go, no, no, no. We're going to do it this way. And they can't really explain why they're going to do it. It's just that they didn't do it, so it's not a good idea. Run the other direction. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. The not invented here people are not your, they're not, they're not strategists enough. The fact that they didn't create it is not a good explanation of why to use it or why not to use it. It's got to be congruent with really good rules of what the process is. Chances are, if they're really creative and that's their background, design, if you had them light a match, in a, and this is metaphoric, and define you know, the process that makes a brand come alive, like specific steps, one, two, three, four, five, six, first this, and this, and chances are they would burn their fingers and you wouldn't have a complete answer. And, um, That's a great... <laughs> there are not a lot of people out there who can do it, and, you know, you're listening to someone who teaches. It's steps. It's not airy-fairy, throw it on the wall, see if it flies. We got a great idea for you. That's not really great branding. It's got to be strategic. And if you are want to if you, if what you do is something that you want to impact other people's lives or an industry or the world in some way, and that's what drives you, your brand needs to come from inside you, not outside you, not somebody slapping something on you, it needs to come, it needs to access your own authenticity. So that it's your brand feels like the most comfortable pair of shoes you could ever wear. And and I'm going to deal with something that might be in your mind right now. And that is, yeah, but I do so many things. I don't know what my brand is. Hold that thought. There is a concept called an umbrella brand, and it's for you. And it's defining and languaging the name of the brand and what it stands for in a way. That all those pieces of you, you know, the mom who does this, the professional who does that, the cellist, the world traveler, you know, the CEO, the all these things that are you, you know, the uh, raised a special needs child, you know, all these things that are part of you, play violin, speak Italian, whatever, are spokes in your umbrella. But when the brand is defined, it's pure you and nobody can take it just know that that's out there for you no matter what you do i don't care what you do whether you are in real estate or you are a coach or you are a healer it doesn't matter what you do you are it it has to do with making sure it's authentic and that is very 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 uh accessible for you and so one of the reasons that the book is coming out impact driven branding seven steps to ensure your brand impacts people's lives and the world is to hand you that process so that it's accessible and you know you can do it you don't have to be a guru and you don't have to have a guru you can just do the steps
1: you know what uh what you said there really hits home to me on different areas and I think it applies across the board because we have so many experts like we talked about earlier mm. saying they can do this and, do, and they, and they want to make you go your way. You know, I'm a softball coach, coached girls softball for many years, and I see it with hitting coaches or pitching coaches. There are some of the very good ones. I, I know a few that are just like you with branding. They want to find out. First thing they do is see what you are good at, what's your strength, and us develop from there. And yet there's so many other coaches that are cookie-cutter. We call them cookie-cutter coaches. And they're not bad coaches, but they've got one way they want to teach you, and it does work for a certain number of people. But I happen to know of one young lady uh, that her pitching coach had – sort of disappeared and gone off into the sunset or, you know, wasn't around and she needed to get a tune up and and get some things right. And so she went to a different hitting or pitching coach and he tried to reinvent her from ground up. He tried, he didn't just try to tweak what she needed because of pen. And what somebody told me one time, another coach I knew said, the reason some coaches do that is because they don't know what that coach was teaching, they don't understand maybe a certain concept, or they don't buy into it, or whatever. So they want to try to reinvent you or get you to go their way and start from ground up. And why would you do that after you've been doing so well for some? I mean, this young lady was in college; she'd already gotten to that level, and so you're going to try and reinvent that, you know, take it back to square one. So I sort of hear you saying the same thing with branding. Uh, I like, and you did that with me, Rich. You did know, Coach Mike Now, doesn't necessarily tell people everything I do, obviously, but it tells, sort of tells them who I am. And like, it's my umbrella that I put under the stuff under. And I really like the fact that you sort of drilled down with me on on, you know, what drove me to do what I do. Why did I want to do what I do? How does branding become personal? If I wasn't necessarily a business, But even in my personal life, and I know faith is very deep with you, how can the concept of branding help somebody in their personal life, even if they're not trying to create a business?
0: Well, that's an excellent question. Um, These steps are steps that help. They're becoming steps by envisioning the impact first and then creating the roadmap to Get to the impact faster. So, if you have a business, and, or a calling, or a, a gift, or something that you want to share with other people, and let's use business because that keeps it mundane. Let's say so you have a business, and you know that your what you do and how you do it can impact certain people in certain ways, and you really want to impact them in certain ways, and you write that down and make sure that the brand is defined in language so that you get there faster and it's really clear. It's absolutely clear. There's no confusion. Let's say in your personal life that you have a goal, it's the same process. It's the same. You, you, if you use if you imagine the impact, let's say it's an impact on yourself that you want to have or on your child and there's consistent language and there's a process and there are steps you're going to get there sooner the process the probability that you're going to reach the reach the goal is much much higher it's it is not rocket science it is the envisioning of end result you know uh, how many people you know every coach will tell you that having a vision of where you're going you know, start with the end in mind is one of the ways somebody said it. Uh, begin with the goal, you know, and work backwards. You know, if you're doing strategic planning, where, where do you envision the organization is in five years? So where do it have to be in four years? Where does it have to be in three years? Where do it have to be in two? You know, it's like go to the goal and back it up from there. And what do we need to be doing next week? You know, it's like people have been doing this for a long, long time. Just don't think about branding that way. But if you make branding impact or something in your life, that you want to do. You want to get to the point where you're a bigger contributor in your community. You want to get to the point where you share some wisdom that you have with not only your children, but maybe other children. Or you create a community group that has a certain impact in the community or somewhere in the world. The process is so applicable. Just do it in your business first because listen, we're here to live abundantly. We are made to be abundant. We're not made to get in our way. We're not made to put roadblocks in our way. We're not made to get hung up. If we listen to the right source and we walk on the right way, we're here to be abundant. So if you envision impacts that you clearly want to make and you can clearly see those impacts, write them down write down the people you clearly see impacting and get on with this process because what's going to happen is your business your work your calling whatever you call is going to become much more abundant you'll go your impacts first faster to the impacts faster to the abundance and you will create a platform and that platform will enable you to more easily step from the platform of your business your work into your into your purpose we're all here for a reason and i, I will leave yes, you with that, leave you with that thought what we do for a living our businesses day to day that's a vehicle it's where our businesses are not necessarily why we're here. And we need to remember we were made for a reason and our vehicle, our businesses, our vehicles, great. But let's get abundant and create a platform so we can more easily step into our purpose and make a significant contribution that we're supposed to make on others' lives, on the world, whatever that is. Instead of holding ourselves back,
1: yeah. Amen. The folks, uh, Rich is is a is not only a good guy; uh, he's fun to work with. Okay. He's fun to work with. Rich, are you still doing breakfast at the Brand Ranch?
0: (laughs) You know, I'm an organic chef. We grow our own food here. At least what we don't grow, we order from an organic farm co-op. But, yeah, I live on the side of the hill, and I will invite people to come here and talk about their lives and what they see as their impacts. And you bet no one leaves hungry. Breakfast or lunch at the Brand Ranch is wonderful, and I love to do it. So you bet.
1: All right, Rich. I, I I just loved it. I appreciate. It. I I just want to share you with people, because you helped me, and you've got a passion that comes through. And to me, that's a lot of important. Like I said, there's millions of experts in any field that claim they are experts, and maybe they are, maybe they're not. Hmm. They're they talk a good game, but you get down to the nitty gritty. You find out. You took your time with me. What was I about? What was important to me? And then you went from there, and I thought that was pretty awesome. Tell us about events you got coming up, and how people can contact you.
0: Well, uh, Mike, you have a link that you can put in the notes, and what you do. One of the links that I would like you to put in the note is the link to our half-day event. We do it every month, so share your link in, in the you know in, in the notes, Mike, so that if you are listening to this and you think wow. I kind of like to get my head straight about what it means to define in language a brand, what happens when you do and what happens when you don't and how should I think about brand and branding me, you know, branding me with impact, not just creating some crazy thing that people call a brand, but literally being authentic to me and doing that in a way that really works better and gets me faster to the results. Get to our half day. It's always on Zoom. I'm there. I'm live. You'll be with me. You'll be with a bunch of people. We just did one. We do one every month. We just did one. We had 20 people from people from Canada, somebody from Eastern Europe, people who had come to an event that I was at all over the United States. It's so good. And you will say, well, wow, I never thought of branding that way before. And it'll begin the process. Get to that event, branding you with impact. And Mike will give you the link in the chat. Um, the other thing is, it, 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 there are some a resource that you can uh, use to go on our website, richbrands.org rich brands r-i-c-h-b-r-a-n-d-s dot o-r-g and it gives you two options right there get some free videos that answer branding frequently asked branding questions or get on my calendar and talk with me for 30 minutes uh often people that have deep experience like i do um i would say very few people have experience like i do but people who have deep experience are not available they're not accessible. um, Because this is God's work, reaching into people's hearts to pull out the impacts Say clearly. I believe God put those impacts in their hearts. So I think we're doing God's work here. And so it's not up to me who comes or who finds me. It is up to me to make myself available. So uh, I make myself available to listen to people and hear their challenge and their thought and be kind and And guide them. And sometimes we, uh, often we find what will help them the best and, and give them guidance and give them a way to move forward in a way they've never been able to move forward before. So, um, click the link that Mike put in the chat, get to the half day event. That's really important. It will be, and it costs a little bit of money, but you'll get a hundred times the $97 that you'll spend to be four hours on a session that you'll be going, wow, this is crazy. And I even teach about logos and taglines and message hierarchy as part of that. So you'll get a training. It's not really training. Most of it is mindset and and how to think but I do those two little trains at the end and they'll the, the value of those is like I said a hundred times the you know the price of admission so
1: rich thank you so much I hear the weed whacker starting to drone away <laughs> which means it's time for us to move on and get on with our success ladies and gentlemen uh, you know how to get over rich you know how to get over to me at coachmikedown.com God bless y'all. God bless you, Rich. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more. Have a great day, everybody.
2: Thank you for listening to the Weed Walker podcast. If you would like to join Coach Mike to discuss an issue important to your life, send us an email to coachmike at coachmikenow.com. Tell us about your issue and how it is affecting your life. Give us your first and last name, phone number, and email address, and we will contact you regarding scheduling. Coach Mike will use only your first name unless you request your full name in the podcast. Also, please visit CoachMikeNow.com to sign up for Coach Mike's weekly newsletter. You can also visit Coach Mike's Clubhouse on Locals.com. There you can choose to follow Coach Mike, or if you want access to more content, become a member of Coach Mike's Clubhouse to get certain members-only content. Thanks again for listening. God bless you as you whack those weeds out of your life and move forward to success. Thank you for listening to the Weed Wacker Podcast. If you would like to join Coach Mike to discuss an issue important to your life, send us an email to mike coachmike at coachmikenow.com. Tell us about your issue and how it is affecting your life. Give us your first and last name, phone number, and email address, and we will contact you regarding scheduling. Coach Mike will use only your first name unless you request your full name in the podcast. Also, please visit CoachMikeNow.com to sign up for Coach Mike's weekly newsletter. You can also visit Coach Mike's Clubhouse on Locals.com. There you can choose to follow Coach Mike, or if you want access to more content, become a member of Coach Mike's Clubhouse to get certain members-only content. Thanks again for listening. God bless you as you whack those weeds out of your life and move forward to success.